Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. My name is Ty Hildenbrandt. Joining me, as always, over there in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, you know him as Dan Rubenstein. He said he had some raisin bread and a Diet Coke before hitting the record button today, sir. How you feeling? Good. I had some Centrum Silver. I put on a nice cardigan. <laughs> you know, all my pre-show rituals that really keep the juice flowing, Ty. Um, I'm pretty good. I hit a wall. It, I sort of had the, uh, you know, the, the high school highlight, the players say, I'm not going to lie. They had us in the first half. Right, right. I was feeling off in the beginning of the afternoon. It's one of those times you go to WebMD and you're like, my jaw kind of hurts. And they're like, oh, you might be having a heart attack. And I was like, well, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> so I decided to take a shower and a 20 minute nap and do some work. And here we are. I'm all right. I have bounced back. Thanks to the good people at Diet Coke and Raisin Bread. I think it was... What is it? The the sun made sun made raisin bread. That, there's my not shout a sponsor. Out, corporate not, a sponsor. not a sponsor. But it also got me to thinking, Ty. We have to start, especially with as we know it right now, because we don't know what the Big Ten or Pac-12's plan is as t- at time of recording. As we know it, it's going to be a slightly condensed season, right? Correct. Which means we probably need to start coming up with Saturday nicknames now, if not soon. Ooh. Wow, that's a really good point, Dan. And yesterday I went for my very first run in a long, long time. And I'm I'm right here with sore but soaring Saturday. I don't know if that's too long. I know I, we love the alliteration. I am sore, but at the same time, I feel like the, the circulation's coming back. And there's something about that with week, I suppose, three of the college football season. Even though we're a little sore, coming off of two very strange weeks. And we saw certain things that we weren't expecting but still, it's college football. See, I think still, I think you've got some games burying the lead here. It's okay. sore, S O R E, because frankly, it sucks. There's one good game this weekend. One ah! good high-profile game this weekend. Miami. I guess now that Arkansas State, Central Arkansas, canceled. right? Yeah. Exactly. Miami at Louisville is the big one, Ooh. but potentially soaring because of the news that the Big Ten and Pac-12 may be on the verge of announcing a comeback. Surprisingly soaring? Surprisingly soaring. I like that. I think I can go with Stephen F. Soaring? Stephen F. Soaring. No. (laughs) Why don't we get to news here? Okay. Before we do, solidverbal at gmail.com is the email. 408verbal1 is the reverb line if you want to dial in and be part of the reverb segment that Ryan cuts for us every Sunday morning. Also, follow along on all of our social channels, those being Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also join the subreddit at solidverbal.reddit.com. And if you haven't already, go on out to solidverbal.com and sign up for our newsletter. We're going to try to send that out once a week. And I have a lot to say, Ty. And, and you're busy with the day job, so yeah. I'm commandeering. Dan is commandeering. UFO. <laughs> got, a, yeah. got a lot of fun stuff in the queue, so we would urge you as strongly as possible to sign up for that newsletter okay can i can i also can i also just take care of, by the way some more housekeeping we do a friday show and that's sort of like our twos cruise with the theme of space right frontier if i'm not mistaken correct um and that the format of that show we did the twos cruise it was slightly shorter than a regular recap or preview show but the ufo show the format is going to be one big central topic and we're also adding a q and a element to it and because we're recording it near the end of the week i think we might crack a couple cold ones ty bruin day we is might, the name that we kicked around the working title is bruin a yeah. so if you want 1.2 drink dan and you want smooth tie that's right i would suggest submitting questions via twitter instagram reddit or solidverbal at gmail.com because we've never really done this before and i really want to coast into the weekend yeah a sort of a flight both with the ufo and with my blood alcohol level so let's make those questions happen so we can transform the show into something that we've never done in a very good way how about that we had a very acute gentleman write in 
and say that uh, we should use the word undulating for I one of our that. use. And I said, well, now that the Patriot League drum and fife is is off limits for the word undulating, it's looking for work. Mm. Such a good word. All Let's right. Get to news. continue now. We have breaking news or perhaps breaking news soon before the end of the show. Dan, please monitor. Uh, I'm going to keep monitoring. Just promise me this. If something happens and we need to suddenly start researching and reading, will you drop in like a like elevator music as like, OK, we've took a pause to sort of study up and we're back. Right. I would love a little just like a do 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 do. It's a little do, weather channel do, music. Do. That's all I want. So here's where we're at, folks. Um, we are recording this about 5 p.m. on Tuesday evening. There has been a ton of smoke over the last, I would say, three to four days that the Big Ten is on the verge of announcing a comeback, that some testing protocols were being implemented, perhaps that member institutions were getting to a place where they were a lot more comfortable with the state of affairs. Purportedly, at time of recording, a vote has been cast, and the Big Ten is on the verge of announcing some sort of comeback for mid to late October. There was a group of meetings this weekend among the Big Ten's Council of Presidents and Chancellors. They were supposedly moving forward toward this decision. They would let schools have the possibility of eight games, which would potentially qualify them for the college football playoff. Uh, them, Ty. Them. 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 A lot them. of work there with that word. Yeah. Right. Uh, the college football playoff already has been somewhat pushed back. So it's like there's a whole bunch of nuance there. Uh, you know, a, a lot of ifs doing heavy lifting. But sure. the I think central theme here is that the Big Ten is probably on the verge of announcing some sort of abbreviated fall college football season. Now, with that being said, the Pac-12, what are they doing? Well, mid to late November is the, quote, most aggressive return date for the Pac-12, according to a source. Schools in the state of California and Oregon have not yet been cleared by public health officials to resume contact practices, let alone games. The league's presidents and chancellors wouldn't consider a vote to return until that status changes. Ideally, the Pac-12 would like its teams to have six weeks to practice and physically prepare for the season. That again, according to a source, I believe I pulled that from ESPN.com. So look, a lot of smoke here. It's hard for me to yeah. believe at this point that there is no fire. I do believe we're going to see both of those conferences back in some way, shape or form before the end of, before the middle of, let's say November at the latest. And that obviously is going to make things very interesting from a podcasting and just from a college football fan's perspective, like how the hell do we compare teams that aren't playing the same number of games that are probably uh, landlocked into playing their own conferences at this point, Dan? A lot for us to consider here moving forward, but agree, disagree, um, abstain from offering comment on whether or not you think it's going to happen. It has been interesting watching the dynamic of the various conferences and some of the talking points. And it'd be impossible for us to corral everything that's been said regarding the Big Ten's return and why and how and precautions and steps being taken in terms of rapid testing and uh, the thresholds, whatever. It's impossible to sort of corral all of that information. But um, it is interesting to watch the Pac-12 in a very different mode at the same time where the Big Ten is furiously trying to get an extension on their dissertation to be able to graduate magna cum laude and the Pac-12 is like, seize get degrees, brother. <laughs> Let's just get to that. Let's just walk. <laughs> That's good by us. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. We'll see what kind of vote happens or has already happened and what the threshold is. I know there have been numbers thrown out about how many they need to go and that they're sort of targeting an all for one because there were some stories about, well, you know, the teams that want to play, we're going to figure it out. The teams that don't, that's cool too. It seems like they're trying to rally everybody on one platform, right? That's what you've seen? Yes. And 
answering the questions around, well, if this vote happened, why haven't they come out and announced it yet? My hunch is that the Big Ten flubbed its first announcement so badly. Yeah. That they want to make sure they've got everything buttoned up this time around. So totally. I would expect that if and when they do announce, they're going to have a working schedule. They're going to have timelines. They're going to have everything that anyone could possibly ask about ironed out and ready to send off in like a tidy little packet because the first announcement was no bueno, Dan. That did not work out well for no. the conference. What, what is your ideal game total at this point, knowing that the other power conferences that have already begun play or have already planned with a date to begin, the SEC, Big 12, and ACC, have that 10-game situation, nine for obviously for the Big 12 plus one. But what 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 would qualify as a base number to get Ohio State into the playoff? Because that's not all of this, but it's some of it. What What's that base number, Ty? Seven? <laughs> seven mean, to se- to seven qualify Ohio State? Seven and oh, or whatever it is, six and one, but winning the Big Ten championship, whatever that looks like. Is that good enough to make an argument that they deserve a berth, but say, I don't know, undefeated UCF or one loss Alabama? You know, what what is, if we're going to start inventing arguments, which I guess we're going to have to do this year, what qualifies as a suitable enough season that they've played enough games? And this is under the assumption that there have been a minimum number of bangers on the schedule, i.e., you know, Michigan, Penn State, Six. blah, blah, blah. Six. Six is the minimum? I don't know. Six, I would say. This is There's no wrong answer because this is literally yeah. your opinion. Oh, no. I mean, there's a definite Royal Rumble quality to this where we're just going to have yeah. teams coming in at different points in in time. Um, I guess six. I don't know how many they can get in. And that's part of the problem, right? Like if yeah. they start, let's say, October 17th, one of the dates I've seen, can yeah. they realistically fit eight games in before a playoff? I don't know. I know that conferences like the Big 12, the ACC, I think the SEC to some degree have built in bye weeks, cushions that they could use to flex and move games to if need be. Baylor's already had to deal with that, right? So like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think you could run eight consecutive weeks and expect it to work in this current climate. Um, I'm comfortable with six as a qualifier for Ohio State. Frankly, you could probably get away with three for them given how loaded they are. That wouldn't fly in Man, the court of you public opinion. Man, could you imagine if Ohio State lost twice and just <laughs> weren't in the playoff conversation basically at all after the Big Ten restarted, partially to, to have a team there? Because it doesn't seem like Michigan's of that quality. It doesn't fully seem like Penn State is, but maybe, you know, I could definitely be wrong. There's a lot of talent in Happy Valley, but wouldn't that be something after all of these like Ryan Day quotes saying, well, Alabama's playing, Clemson's playing, and then Ohio State goes and, and loses a couple games? That'd be wild. It would be wild. More to come on this front. I'm My number certain. is seven, by the way. My number seven? is seven. Lucky seven? Okay. Yeah. We already, we already take six to be half a season. Seven at least gets me over that line. More of a, more of a mental block for you there. For sure. 100%. It also says a lot, and then I promise I'll move on, about the state of the Pac-12, given the fact that virtually nobody's talked about the Pac-12. It's all been about the Big Ten, getting those schools back, and you know whether there's a financial or a political or whatever component to it, who knows? No one's been talking about the Pac-12. It came up on ESPN, it, it almost didn't even register. It's tough. It's tough because there's not a national interesting thing that we have been bemoaning of, you know, sort of losing with the conference not playing. You know, if you lose Big 12 football, there's like the Oklahoma's been in the playoff recently and has been, you know, Lincoln Riley's been a big name and outspoken in 2020 and, you know, Heisman finalists and winners recently. And, you know, the ACC obviously has Clemson and Trevor Lawrence. The SEC has their wall to wall PR machine. Uh, and the, the Big Ten has, you know, Jim Harbaugh and Justin Fields. And there isn't that shining star like, oh, man, it's going to be strange to not have football without Keaton Slovis. Tyler Shuck, Jimmy Lake, <laughs> Davis Mills, Chase Garbers. Like, I mean, Herm Edwards. I like am all guru of these for things. Garbers, though. 
I know you're goo goo for Garbers, but there is not that thing that's that's going to move the needle right now. Like, you know, Chip Kelly or Pete Carroll, like in, in recent years, even Chris Peterson, to a lesser extent, for somebody in Nashville or Louisville or right. Cleveland, you know what? I, so it's I, I understand why people are looking at the Pac-12 oh, be like, gosh. well. That's fun to watch late, I guess, but you know we got plenty early. It's better than it. Kansas. It is better. Than I miss Kansas. it. Ty Oregon has lost its best player on offense, both of its starting corners, and they haven't even practiced in the fall. It's great. Well, maybe they'll come good. back. You know, there's like okay. a whole open enrollment quality to this. We've got right schools and conferences opting out. Now they're maybe opting back in. I saw Neil Farrell from LSU. He opted out. Now he's expected to opt back in. Right. Texas A&M had a big-time receiver in Jamon Osbin decide mm-hmm. that he's going to opt out for the season. Sean Wade for yeah. Ohio State, potential top 10 pick in the 2021 draft. He has opted out of his senior season. Maybe they'll come back. You know, I don't know. These are weird Tight. times here. 2020. I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a secret. Sometimes they take cash advances from agents once they declare for the league <laughs> and coming back becomes less of an option. Well, good for them situations. if they can get it. But Yeah. Oh, totally. If not, whatever. Whatever, whatever yeah. makes you happy, Dan. So, okay. I think that's the news. The news is that we're going to have two conferences. If not by the time you listen to this show, most likely by the time we record our next show, opting back right. in. And we'll do our best yeah. to cover it. I don't know what else yeah. to say. I, it, it was very strange. I will say on Sunday morning when I'm usually prepping for our recap show by watching what I missed and reading up and seeing you know, if there's any, any developing things we should know about that happened overnight, stuff like that. There wasn't much. <laughs> Full on wasn't much. It was, I usually prep on Sunday mornings for what, three, three and a half hours? And it yeah. was like a... It was a two-hour-ish prep. Very we texted, different. We texted each other. This is a much lighter lift than usual. Yeah. Oh, way lighter. I'm, I'm ready to preview games, though, Ty, for sure. Let's preview games. Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in. Dan, Ty, help. I need picks of the week. It's week three. I've not been titling the show like week three or week whatever preview because... I don't really know what the concept, what the construct of a week is anymore. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. We took a full 20 seconds to try and figure out what today's date was before the show started. Speaking of washed, that's that's where we are now as a show. So I'm totally with you. So what are we calling this? Suddenly, I keep wanting to say suddenly Susan. It's suddenly, suddenly sore. Surprisingly soaring. Surprisingly Saturday. sore. Surprisingly soaring Saturday. Yeah. So let me ask you an important question then. Put right. your money where your mouth is. Outside of that Miami-Louisville game, Louisville. what game are you most excited about? Other than the Arkansas that got postponed. <sighs> um, I'm interested to see how Georgia Tech follows up their win against Florida State hosting UCF. Because it appears Georgia Tech kind of has a feisty defense at the moment. So that's an interesting matchup. BC-Duke. Could be your, your guy, Phil Dracovich's oh, first Oh, don't start steal my thunder. Do not steal my thunder, you scoundrel. A Duke team? Ty, you liked, you seem to like and respect Chase Bryce and the Duke defense, right? Correct. So correct. that that's sort of interesting. I mean, there's, I think there's individual stories more than there is, there are individual matchups. Like what does Baylor's offense look like against not a great defense in Houston, we don't think, but a, a team with some talent. What is, how does Navy bounce back? after just getting demolished and they were just completely run over by BYU. There are, there are individual things. And you know what? Even without prime time matchups that we're getting power five versus power five for a second consecutive week, where we have wake NC state, we've got BC Duke, it's just in the ACC Syracuse pit that, that registers to me as a thing. And I'm good with that. Here's the deal, folks. The action picks up next weekend. All right. That's fine. If you were to decide, hey, I'm going to do some home projects or I'm going <laughs> to spend the day outside and I just won't be able to watch. I think you make that trade now. I don't. I think you make that trade for the. Can I tell you why? No. For the okay. overwhelming majority of our fans, it will be good enough to enjoy your Saturday, to listen to the recap episode 
and to preemptively knowing that all of this stuff is coming up. We got crazy. The Royal Rumble of college football is happening this year. Make this week, the whole week, your window of opportunity. So <laughs> the whole week, just do it. Band-Aid right uh, off. Make it happen. You get two weeks of football and Ty says, that's enough. <laughs> no, I'm saying. That's enough. That I am I am showing some foresight here, Mr. Rubenstein. Okay. Uh, I disagree. Why? There is a chance, a non-zero chance that things turn, right? We're hoping they don't. It could be a seven-week season. It could be a four-week season. It could be a nine-week season. So knowing that things are up in the air, I am I am going to recommend you watch Syracuse Pit like it's the Super Bowl. Like move, it's move the end your week, of the world. Move your week around so you can watch Austin P against Cincinnati. No, Dan, come on. I mean, you're the one in love with Desmond Ritter, not I. I do so like that, I do like that's him. something that you can hold between you and Austin P, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, they're just interesting things to me that even if you're watching it in the background while doing other things, keep your eyes on college football. Because like we saw last week, there are weird games that are going to be happening that we're not anticipating. The Texas State UTSA game going to double OT and just going out of its mind bonkers. It's worth being in the vicinity of a TV if you find out something like that is happening. So that's a full on disagree from the Dan man. How about that? A disagree from the Dan man. Okay. Yeah. We'll just, we'll, we'll roll with that, Daniel. <laughs> Why don't mm. we let it, Well, in terms of this week in the slate, why don't we say this? The biggest game is definitely Miami Louisville. I think we agree on that. It's at 730. My plan of attack. I've got a socially distanced birthday party earlier in the day. So Where? My, my plan, not close. My plan of attack is going to be to be home for that 730 game. If you're in a similar spot and you got to go out and do stuff, try to be back for 7.30. All right? All right. Let's talk about games. Let's talk about games. You mentioned Baylor. Baylor is squaring off against Houston at high noon on Fox. Is it the big noon? I guess it would be the big noon, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah. Houston at Baylor. I'm seeing the line all the way down to four and a half now. In well, favor got a touchdown before, yeah. Of the Baylor Bears. This game came about because both Houston and Baylor had postponements. And they were just looking for warm bodies on September the 19th. So lo and behold, here we are. We've got the Cougs. We've got the Bears. I would never bet this game in a million years. We haven't seen anything from either team. Baylor's whole staff, their entire defense, it's new. I love Chaz Brewer, always have. I'm going to be watching that O-line, though. There were too many moving pieces last year. They gave up the most sacks in the Big 12. They got to keep Chaz healthy or the whole thing's going to collapse like a house of cards. Um, I'm taking points here. Whether it's seven, whether it's four and a half, I don't care. Give me the points. Houston plus the points. Uh, Houston had a defense last year. Only because they they put 11 guys on the field on defense. That was the extent of it. They were truly awful, especially with how they finished out the year. I think they lost four or five. They gave up 45 to Memphis, 56 to Navy. Uh, they gave up a ton of points. I think it was UCF they gave up a bunch. The Houston defense is not good. And even if it improves this year, it's going to improve to not horrible, but still pretty rough. So... I'm inclined, even though the spread came down to, what do you say, about four, four and a half points? I, I see it on Fandle at three and a half now. Maybe somebody knows something that we don't in terms of Baylor players not playing. That's always the weird, awkward element of yeah. uh, the, the, the spreads this year. I don't know, when it comes down by half. So I'm going to roll with Baylor just because the Houston defense appears to be the worst thing in this game. But we have no concept for Baylor right now after a cancellation and we have no concept for Houston at all. So yeah, I'm just going to take the team playing at home with uh, even, and not starting a ton of transfers like Houston is. So yeah, give me Baylor. Also at high noon, this one on ESPN, not the big noon, but high noon ESPN Tulsa at Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state's about 21 and a half, 22 point favorite here at home. I don't, Really have further analysis on this game, Dan. Um, I'd say go back, listen to the Big 12 preview for the deep dive of of the Pokes. They should be really good this year. They got a lot of guys back. 
Uh, as we said then, I think it truly does come down to Spencer Sanders because the weapons are there in offense. The defense might be one of the best that Mike Gundy's had in his time in Stillwater. So it is going to be Oklahoma State's game here. They're going to win this game. It is a question of by how much. And even if you don't watch this game, you should watch other Oklahoma State games because they should be pretty doggone good. They played last year in Tulsa, and it was actually pretty competitive for a while. And Tulsa finishes last in their division in the American, but they played some really good teams tightly, SMU and Memphis, namely. Tulsa was one of those teams not fully as bad as their record. I think they were 2-6 and six in the American last year, as bad as the record indicates. Still, a number of issues Oklahoma State, you know, we have not seen in any sort of important way. So, I think, man... I, I had a pick for this. Now I'm going back on it. I think I'm going to go with Tulsa, actually. Really? To cover, not to win. Uh, their defense was actually fine last year, and I do like the the offensive minds there. They had a really rough schedule in the middle of last year, but they were still, they scored 41 against Memphis. They scored 37 against SMU. These aren't great defenses. They beat uh, UCF, scored 34 in the process. They beat ECU in their bowl game. So, you know what? Not in their bowl game, excuse me, just to end the year. I just, I'm going to go with Tulsa to hang. I think that their competence floor is pretty high. So with the weird start of the Big 12 season, yeah, let's go Tulsa to hang and lose by 13 or 14. Some other noon games. We'll move quickly through these. We'll list them all, but just talk about the ones as we did last week that we think are intriguing. You mentioned Syracuse and Pitt on ACC Network. Pitt's about a 21, 22 point favorite. They are coming off a game in which they won so badly that they shortened the whole thing by 10 minutes. Played 10-minute quarters in the second half against Austin P. Cuse, on the other hand, they were in that ugly game, kicking in a gouging Dan in the mud and the blood and the beer <laughs> against North Carolina. I like Pitt to win. Very good defense. One of the best defenses in all the ACC. I'm still uncomfortable laying three touchdowns, though. With the Pitt Panthers. Like, there's a Pat Narduzzi quality that I can't quite put my finger on where they could end up winning this game 13 to 10. Right. So I got to go Syracuse plus whatever. Yeah, I'm going to go with Syracuse as well. Um, this is a, a friendly reminder that for a lot of these teams, this is, or especially the Power Five ones, this is their second game of the year. What do I always like to say going into the second game of the year? This is where major, major improvement from a week to week basis will occur. The worst, if you have a truly almost uncharacteristic level of incompetence in week one, generally it's not that you are just a fully incompetent team. It's just that fall camp didn't go your way and you weren't ready for live action. You had a bunch of new coaches or new players, in the case of Syracuse, new coordinators on both sides. Uh, There's going to be a jump between week two and week one, just in figuring out what to diagnose and what to adjust. And so I don't think Syracuse is better than Pitt. They were a touchdown worse last year. Do I think Pitt is suddenly 14 points better at home and because it's 2020? I don't think necessarily, no. So I think that's too many points. The fact that we're looking at Pitt as a three-touchdown favorite in the ACC just doesn't feel based in reality. So give me Syracuse with... At times, a promising defense to keep it a little closer than that. I'm going to say it'll end up being something like 28-17 pit. Also at high noon, this one on ESPN3. You teased it earlier. It is Boston College at Duke. The Blue Devils, a six and a half point home favorite. BC, Dan, one of four ACC teams along with, I guess, NC State and the two Virginia schools that did not play last week. This week, it is not a moment too soon. We've been struggling through the pandemic, Dan. And wildfires. Emotionally and mentally, not physically, let's be clear. And social and political unrest. Correct. And amid all that, Phil Jerkovic's herky-jerky delivery could be the one thing that unites humanity. (laughs) Like in favor of or in recognition of or in worship of? In what way? Well, for me, in worship of, but in recognition of. To say the very least, he transferred over former four star. We do love herky jerky deliveries, especially when the name has jerk in it. But yeah, all hail Taylor Martinez's shot putting for sure. Phil Dracovic, former four star kid from PA, was behind Ian Book. I used to be really high on him. Transferred over from Notre Dame because it didn't work out, which happens. Who is your favorite 
former Notre Dame quarterback transfer that you were unusually <sighs> high on? Because you were, I was getting messages from you about Malik Zaire's junior high school tape. Oh, I mean, yeah. junior in high school. I was going to say it's got to be Malik Zaire. Okay. From Zionsville, Ohio. Yeah. I was on him when he was a sophomore. You loved Brandon Wish, Brandon Wimbush's arm. Yeah. There was something, there's something about you and fully overrating quarterbacks who don't, not only don't cut it at Notre Dame, but transfer out because they got to cut it somewhere. Gunner Keel. What up, Gunner Keel? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a storied history of this, Dan. Yeah, you're like the George Whitfield of not evaluating quarterbacks. Correctly. I think that's right. <laughs> okay, continue. So Dracovic, his mechanics are a little wonky. And the announcers are gonna talk about it. They are yeah. if well, you're he talking hasn't, he hasn't even been, things. He hasn't been named the starter yet, right? I think it's like a game time. It's him and Dennis Grossel Grossel who's think gonna so. start a quarterback. Okay. I think so, but you gotta give it to to Phil Dracovic, man. Herky if you jerky. are forced to watch this game, I have as the center space on my Phil Dracovic awkward mechanics bingo card the word unorthodox. Drink every time they say the word unorthodox to talk about Phil Dracovic's throwing motion. Yeah. Uh, the two teams did not play last year. Duke, what do you say about five and a half, six point favorite in this? Yeah, I see it about six, six and a half now. Okay. I like Duke a good amount for a couple different reasons. Mostly, they've already played, so they know where the rust is. They know where the grease is. I don't know where I'm going with this analogy, but also BC hasn't played an ACC team. BC doesn't know what to expect out of two new coordinators and a new head coach and possibly a new starting quarterback and traveling on the road during these uncertain times. So, yeah, I'm going to take Duke. Just more sure of itself right now to win by seven or eight points. Yeah, give me the Blue Devils here. I actually thought Duke looked pretty good last week, but... Totally. I I don't have a lean. Uh, I'm going BC plus six and a half. Give me the jerky boys plus the... <laughs> Plus the number, Dan. What if he doesn't even play, Ty? He'll play, Dan. He's Phil Dracovic. Okay. Just making sure. That's all I got. Okay. All right. Next. We disagree, I guess. Disagree. Let's rifle through these other ones pretty quickly. At high noon on ABC, Navy at Tulane. Seven and a half is your point spread. We had the come from behind victory for Tulane last week. They're at home. Meanwhile, Navy got demolished by BYU. I am going to go points here as well. I thought about locking up Navy. I still might because... Same. Come from behind. You want to go double barrel? Should we do it? <sighs> I'm. Why not? I don't care. I'm not held accountable. Lock of the week. I believe that the game against BYU was an aberration. It helps to have that one game under their belt. They still run a tight ship with a quirky offense to try and prepare for. Oh, good for. Navy pun. Unintentional, but well done. Well struck. And uh, Tulane coming off that come from behind win now coming back home. This seems like a really good opportunity for Navy to, if not win, certainly take the air out of the ball, keep it close. Tulane's a defensive minded team to begin with. I, I just I feel like it's like a three point, four point game one way or the other. So Navy's been doing this thing, even it wasn't new this year, but the degree to which they do it was because of the circumstances around the world. But Navy didn't tackle in fall camp, like essentially at all. Right. And Ken Niumatololo, after the loss to BYU, said, all right, touch football's over. We are going to go practice tackling because that is apparent that after the BYU game, it's something that we need to work on. Navy Navy tackled in practice and has been tackling in practice. Tulane with a potential letdown spot after their tight win last week, like you mentioned. Navy, you're not as bad as you are on your worst day when you lose by 52 to BYU and you're an FBS team and you have a history of competence, if not good football. That's your worst day. Navy's not going to repeat that sort of performance. So even though it could be a bad matchup if Navy truly can't stop the run and we know Tulane should be able to run it all year long, I'm still going to go with the midshipmen to at least keep it closer than what is it, seven and seven and a half, something in that range. Give me the, uh, give me those Navy points. I'm happy to take them. Yeah. Double barrel lock. Let's go Navy. <laughs> give me the midshipmen. All right. Okay. Two other games at high noon. Not going to go through these. We've got Austin P at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's about a 35 point favorite. 
And then we've got Liberty on the road at Western Kentucky. That line is up to 14 and one half. Yeah, I'm going to take the toppers. You know how I feel about them. At 3.30 on ABC, I think the headlining game in this mid-afternoon slot would probably be UCF at Georgia Tech. Line is about seven and a half in favor of UCF. They're on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, I haven't looked lately. It looked to me like it was probably going to come down to seven. I am taking UCF here. Tech's off the really big win over Florida State. Right. Um, I don't know if there's a letdown effect here against UCF. I mean, there has to be, right? I would I mean, think there would have to be, right? UCF is fresh. They're down a bunch of guys, and you know who knows what it's going to look like coming out of the shoot for them in game number one. But I do think it's too much offense for Tech. Even if UCF is rusty, they've got enough back on offense. They play good enough on offense. They're down some, a number of players, though. I know, but I just I still think they're too good. It's something like thirty-eight twenty-four. Give me UCF minus the number. Yeah, I'm going to go with UCF here as well. And it does it doesn't go against my rule of oh, a team with a good defense at home is an underdog. We don't know if Georgia Tech has a good defense. We know Florida State has offensive issues and that Georgia Tech put themselves in a really good position defensively to take advantage. UCF should win this game by a couple touchdowns. I think it's a bit of an overreaction to Georgia Tech's win against Florida State. So this would in a normal like if this were week 5 this year and Georgia Tech largely looks similar to how they looked against Florida State but we had more data it feels like an 11 or 12 point spread for UCF, even on the yeah, road. Agreed. So I, I'm going to take the Knights here. A bunch of other games here that, um, you know, I don't think are of much consequence. So I'll just rattle through them here and feel free to interject if anything jumps out at you, Dan. Charlotte at North Carolina. North Carolina, a 28 point favorite. This one's at 330 on ESPN3. Nice ending to their year last season. Not a great start to their 2020 for, for Charlotte. So I think this is going to be a nice jump for, for North Carolina week one to week two. So I, I feel comfortable in the heels giving four touchdowns for sure. On the Notre Dame side of the ACC, we've got a matchup against USF. This is a game that they added to the slate a little bit later on after they knew they had an open date. They are a 26-point home favorite here. Mr. Rubenstein, I, you know, I always take points against Notre Dame. That's just sort of my shtick. But I would say that I am looking to see if they can improve upon what they did in the passing game. What we saw out of Kyron Williams on the ground was really impressive. I think this is another opportunity for Ian Book to build some rapport with his wide receivers, to throw down the field a little bit more, take some more chances. Looking at Notre Dame's schedule, They've got this game this week against USF. They're on the road at Wake the following week before a bye. And that's when they start getting into the nitty gritty of the schedule. That's when they get to a game against Florida State. Maybe not quite as gritty as we thought at the start of the year, but there's a game against Louisville as you get to October 17th. After that, a road tilt against Pitt, which is not going to be an easy game for Notre Dame. It never is. Then there's a road tilt against Georgia Tech before coming back home first weekend of November to square off against Clemson. So it gets it gets tougher in a hurry here for the Irish. I would like to see some progress on offense to start feeling a little bit more confident about where this season is headed. There is an emotional component to this game, Ty, that you have conveniently skipped over. I don't want to talk about USF. Don't make me talk about the USF game. No, I'm I'm not I'm not talking about 2010. Okay. I'm, not, I'm I promise you I'm not <laughs> talking about that was Brian Kelly's first season, right? 2010. That was that was not a great moment for Notre Dame football. No, an emotional component as it relates to something just before then. USF's offensive coordinator is Charlie Weiss Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a major revenge play here, Ty. Major. Okay. Uh, other than the fact that USF's offense was pretty terrible last year without him, and I don't think they're going to improve to really good. USF started out 2019 losing by 50 in a shutout, 49, I guess, to Wisconsin. They finished the year terribly. They exclusively beat up on truly awful teams, and, and I guess BYU last year. And with so many new faces on the sideline, on the coaching staff, 
and so much work to do on offense. I just don't see them hanging with Notre Dame anywhere near what Notre Dame should be capable of, even with a decent USF defense. So, yeah, I think Notre Dame wins this by 35. Let me rattle off five other games that kick off between 1.30 and 4 o'clock okay. in that mid-afternoon slate. App State minus 4.5 at Marshall. We've got Stephen F. Austin at UTSA. Florida Atlantic at Georgia Southern. We've got Troy, three-point road favorite against Middle Tennessee State. Looked awful. <laughs> Just awful yeah. in their first game. Completely. And finally, the Citadel, a 44-and-a-half-point dog on the road at Clemson at 4 o'clock on the ACC Network. Any thoughts on any of those games? Yeah, I, I think App State should be a touchdown favorite, so I'm going to actually double up, double lock this week. Give me the Mountaineers here on the road. Lock of the week. Uh, Marshall's I like offense. Play. I like that play. Yeah. Thank you very much. So Marshall had a postponed their their rhythm. I think is gonna be a little off. They had a postponed matchup against uh, I think it was East Carolina last week. They laid waste to Eastern Kentucky in week whatever that was zero one and a half. I don't know. But with the weird arrhythmic season that Marshall's having, and I, I still really do like App State and the experience that they have on offense. They generate a lot of uh, big exciting run plays, and I don't fully think I trust Marshall's defense. I mean, it's a pretty good defense for sure, but I I think you need better to hang with App State, and App State got a nice little scare last week. Give me App State by 10 or 13 points here. Not going to lock it up, but I agree. Okay. Let's get to the headliner, Dan. 7.30 ABC. Miami! The swagger is back! Touchdown rings? Did you see those? The touchdown rings? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Miami on the road at Louisville. Louisville, two, two and a half point favorite. This is a nightcap, Dan. I know you've got a thing. I've got a thing for Louisville and our boy McHale Cunningham. McHale. We yeah. know they're going to score points. How do you feel about this game? Well, I watched this game last year and I watched Miami beat them by 25 unexpectedly in the midst of a very strange season. I think I like Miami here. I think I like Miami because their defense should travel well enough and I didn't love what I saw from the Louisville offensive line at times and what Mikhail Cunningham looked under pressure. If I'm nitpicking and the combination of, combination of Quincy Roche, the Temple transfer, and Jalen Phillips, the UCLA transfer, and what their corners look like, and granted it was against UAB, I actually like Miami here. I think what we saw out of the Louisville defense against Western Kentucky was an indication of some improvement. But it's still mostly the same players who gave up a ton on the ground all of last year. And that's where Miami is thriving right now. And Miami gave up big plays through the air last year to a lot of teams, but still a good defense. I think Miami's combination of controlling the ball, they should be able to control the ball somewhat on the ground and get after Mikhail Cunningham, who we obviously both are crushing on. Oh, yeah. I, I think I'm giving the edge right now to that combination over Louisville and a still large question mark in their defense. So, yep, I'm taking the Canes. I We are, once again, very like-minded here, Dan. Yes! Um, or no! No, no, you don't, want, you don't want that. I know. My hesitation is the same as yours. The defense was really bad for Louisville a year ago. And I get it, you know, first year everything, right? That's sort of good, the way good it against works. Western, though. They, they did a good job against Piggy T on the ground and that that rushing attack. They did. Uh, they were very good against the run last week, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And they're going to be better this year. There's enough back. I think they're so. going to be better. They're going to take a stride forward. But Miami's offense showed something a week ago, especially on the ground. They looked really solid. You know, say what you want about a win over UAB, but UAB should have a pretty good defense. They did a year ago. Mm -hmm. So this whole like renaissance now that we're seeing in Miami is intriguing to me, especially if they can really develop that rushing attack and do to Louisville what we saw them do to UAB. I'm with you. Uh, I'm doing the unthinkable here. I'm going Miami outright. I think Miami is bringing the swagger back and up to Louisville here. I'm going to go Canes, let's say 31 to 27. Weirdly enough, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Weirdly enough, if you look at Miami's last season, which put as much stock as you'd like in 2019 results, but Miami a little bit more impressive, I think, on the road. So it yeah. was, oh, yeah. they won against Pitt, they, they beat Florida State, uh, their embarrassments 
I guess they lost at Duke, but they lost to FIU at home. It was a bowl game against Louisiana Tech, but the Georgia Tech loss came at home, and they did beat Virginia at home, but um, they lost to Virginia Tech at home, giving up 42 in the process. So I think there may be something about this Manny Diaz squad on the road where they just might be coming together a little bit more, might be able to block out. I don't know. Who knows? But give me... Give me the canes here. Did you know that Manny Diaz's father was once the mayor of Miami? <laughs> Hold on. Tell me more. Please tell me more. Uh, all right. Also, in the nightcap, 8 p.m., ACC Network. We've got Wake. We've got NC State. We haven't seen NC State yet. We will get our first look at them here. I was not high on the Wolf Pack at all after the preview. Um, they're only a two and a half point favorite here against a wake team that got destroyed against Clemson. I'm going to wait to reserve judgment. Just don't know enough about this NC state squad yet, but as I'm looking across the slate of other games that are going to be played after dark, um, outside of what SMU or maybe La Tech, there isn't a whole lot of meat on that nightcap. You really got slim pickets no. for which game you want to watch. Yeah, you're correct. I like Wake here. I like Wake because they've played a game. I know they're beat up at quarterback. NC State hasn't. And so there is that uh, the lack of rust. Grease factor. Is that what we're going to call it? Grease, grease factor? factor for Wake Forest. Okay. Uh, I, I like Wake here. NC State was the most overrated team against the spread last season among Power 5 schools, like we mentioned on our ACC preview. 2-10 and 10 against the spread last season. It's a new team. There are new coaches for sure. The game is in Raleigh, but I'm going to go with Wake here. I think Wake is a little more solid, a little bit more proven, and everybody's going to look like what Wake did against Clemson this year in the ACC if you are not, I don't know, Louisville, Miami, whoever they end up playing. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to happily take Wake here against NC State. Give me, give me the Deeks. Some other action in the latter half of your Saturday. We've got SMU, a 14-point favorite at North Texas. That one's at 6 p.m. We've mm-hmm. got um, games Texas State at Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Tech at Southern Miss. We've got Abilene Christian at UTEP, Dan. And then there was supposed to be a game, Central Arkansas against Arkansas State, that's been subsequently postponed because they weren't sure they could field the team due to, you guessed it, ongoing coronavirus type scenarios. So, like I said, not a lot there. Any of those games jump out at you? I'd like to see SMU separate from North Texas after, I think Texas State might have some fight in them this year, but I'd like to see the Stangs. Do they call themselves the Stangs? I don't know. Uh, I'd like to see some separation there. Southern Miss, curious to see what they look like with a new coach after firing Jay Hobson and Louisiana Tech having, I think they were the reason why the Baylor game got canceled. So maybe Southern Miss has some new life with the new coach. Otherwise, no. But I do, Ty have some colonial league action coming up in are we if you gonna do, do it a full our, week in advance well it's just it's our preview oh our preview you were talking about the frauds at katasakwa that's How do you right pronounce? bunch of frauds <laughs> we have okay so it's northwestern lehigh Correct. at bangor banger or is it just banger banger because yeah. it's bangor maine but it's just banger okay bangor is where julie the cat's from banger is in the colonial league Salisbury and Notre Dame. You know anybody went to either one of those? It's Notre Dame Green Pond, just to make sure that everyone is clear. And I do know folks who have been to both schools. Yeah. Palisades at Northern Lehigh. Is there's a Northern and Northwestern Lehigh here. There's also a Southern Lehigh. Bunch of Lehigh's in this area. It's the Lehigh Valley, after all. Do you have a do you have a team in the Colonial League? Do you want to drop the drum and fife? Are you looking for the sound as we speak? You know what? I'm going to go Northwestern Lehigh. Northwestern Lehigh? I live Lehigh? not far away from Northwestern University, and I went to college in the Northwest of the United States, so the Northwestern Lehigh whatever Panthers, I don't know what they are. Um, that's my squad. I'm rolling deep with them. I'm going to go Southern Lehigh. Why not? Okay. I played against a kid who had a hell of a curveball from Lehigh, and he just made fools of the entire Northampton varsity baseball team back in the day, so it's certainly not them, but... Let's go Southern. What is, what is your plan? You mentioned you're going to a party 
What is your plan food-wise? What is your plan watch-wise? Have you set up the outside situation for Saturday game watching? What is, what is Saturday going to look like football-wise for you, knowing that you're, I guess you're only watching Louisville-Miami? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question because I am not hosting the party. So I don't have much control over the watch party, the watch setting or the food or anything for that matter. So right. short of suiting up with your mask and trying to keep your distance on lawn chairs and hopefully it's a nice day, um, I guess maybe bring the extra battery pack for the phone and stream whatever I can. But I'll keep you posted. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Okay. Nothing nothing new for me. I don't know what I'm going to be eating. I know where I'll be watching it in my living room. And I'm damn excited, Ty. I am damn excited. And I'm also excited to do the UFO show on Friday. I am as well. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter of intent. Send us questions via Twitter, via Instagram, via Reddit, via SolidVerbal at gmail.com. And the UFO show's going to a new place this week, Ty. I'm excited. I am as well. All right. Fun show. Don't Northwestern forget. Northwestern Lehigh is 1-0. Shout out to the Tigers and head coach Josh Snyder. (laughs) They took down Palisades in Kintersville, PA, 36 to 28, September 11th. Oh, man, Ty. We missed the mark here. It was a great suggestion. I I am hitched to the right wagon here. So we can do that now. I promise. I'm all in. New Tripoli, PA. New Tripoli. New Tripoli. How do you guys pronounce anything out there? Tripoli. That's in Libya, Dan. Come on. I'm... You see T-R-I-P-O-L-I. That's how you pronounce it, Ty. So as Dan said, don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter, to subscribe to the podcast. If you like what we do, a five-star review is appreciated, though. Yep, not required. Every little bit helps here. We are building into this weird college football season. Perhaps by the time we speak next, there will be more teams slated to play college football games this fall. If news breaks, please do check into our social media feeds. We'll do our best to keep you as up to date as we can in this uh, uh, on-demand vehicle that we call podcasts. We'll do our best, we promise, but it doesn't always work out. In the meantime, for my good friend Dan Rubenstein all the way over there in Chicago, Illinois, for myself, Ty Hildenbrandt here in East Turn, Pennsylvania, Thank you so much for downloading, for listening. We'll catch you all on Friday. In the meantime, stay solid. Peace. You think your squad's taken down Justin Holmes and Nick Henry, the pride of Northwestern Lehigh and the Tigers? Get out of here.